The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Personal Finance is brought to you by Shift SHYFT, the global money app. Download Shift and get the cheapest forex rates around, no matter where you bank. Warren Ingram from Galileo Capital uh, with us this evening. It's a topic that everybody ponders about, lies awake at night, I'm sure, at least from time to time, wondering whether or not there will be a time where they are able to retire in a degree of dignity and comfort that they hope will represent the lifestyle to which they became accustomed while they were working. Uh, and it's a it's a big ask for most people, isn't it, Warren? It is a big ask. And and you're right that they, um, you know, it's, it's kind of almost a default question for for most of us, you know, in, in our working lives. And, and you know, we, we initially, when we're young, we, we sort of wonder about, you know, one day when we get to retire, retirement, yeah, I wonder what that number should be. Um, and it's you know initially maybe a bit of a vague concern, and then the, the closer you get to to the 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 big D day, the, the more that becomes a, a I guess a fearful question about you know how much do I actually need and how much have I got and am I going to be okay? Uh, and then a year or two before retirement, it, it becomes you know sort of a real concrete reality for most people for the first time in their lives. It goes from a concept that's you know something that's going to happen to somebody else because. It's very hard for us to figure out and attach to our future selves. You know, that's it's almost like someone else. And suddenly, you know, a year or two before retirement, it becomes real. It's that person that's facing in the mirror. Uh, and and now you need to know that you've got enough. And, and you know, I mean, all the scary numbers are, are there. I think my Fisher French always, always says it's about five out of every hundred salary earners are, are able to retire with sufficient money. So this is a real and very scary issue. Okay, it needs a couple of parameters, I suppose, and you've got to pick a number at which you want to retire. Corporate South Africa, in its madness, pushes people out to pasture at the age of 60. Um, and it says to them, you are no longer useful to us. You need to bugger off. I think that's the language that they use. Um, and so people, <laughs> people who are perfectly productive and perfectly useful, whose careers may have started 40 years ago, um, are told that they get to their 60th birthday and all of that expense, all of that time, all of that learning is no longer of any value and they get kicked out. Um, so th- that is one aspect of it. There are other people who may have a, a more generous environment in which they are allowed to go to 65. There's some people who work for themselves who may then have the ability to choose a retirement date or people who create the side hustle for themselves so that when they are um, sort of put out to pasture by the corporate employer, they continue to earn a living so they're not digging into their savings. So you've got to pick, if you can, the age at which you want to retire. That's true, Bruce. And I think, um, you know, for for a lot of people starting out, you know, they, they have this idea that, you know, 45 is really old, uh, which is depressing for me because I'm past that now. And, uh, and, and you know, they want to stop work then. And, uh, and, and you know, for, for people in that position, I think that the number is, is almost their lotto number. You know, how much is it, you know, uh, that they need if they're really lucky? For, for, for most of the rest of the world, we're, you know, we're, we're getting to, as you say, that age 60, 60, 65. Uh, and every year of, of, of life that you live past 65, that you are able to generate an income, I almost feel it's a double swing because it's, 
it's money that you're that you are able to spend from from your labor rather than drawing from your capital so the capital that stays in gets get gets uh, time to grow and compound you know for, for that time when you can't uh, can't generate work anymore uh, and, and I think it's it, it's maybe also let's, let's so let's give some people p- parameters about uh, about how you do this uh, and and uh, you know there's some very valid I still think very valid rules of thumb that we can all use for in, uh, I know in the in the financial planning industry, there's some really good, very sophisticated financial modeling tools, but uh, but those aren't available to all of us 24 hours a day. Uh, and and for for everybody that's sort of sitting there going, gee, um, you know, what's my number? Well, well, let me give you some some ideas. Uh, if you take what you would normally spend in a normal year, and you say get get to an annual amount so you know just just say you know for some people that'll be that they're going to spend 10,000 rand a month and and that gets them to to somewhere around 120,000 rand a year of expenses for for people in that position if you're relatively young and and for me relatively young in a conversation like this is going to be somewhere around you know stopping work at somewhere between 45 to to kind of let's say 60 uh, you, you need to take your expenses and you, you need to multiply that by 25. You need to, to get to, to kind of an annual amount of investments that you need sitting in investment portfolios that you can use to, to provide you an income on a normal monthly basis. Uh, so, so I did some quick maths because, you know, I can't do this stuff on the fly, Bruce. And <laughs> um, so, so, so for 10,000 rand a month and, and you're under 60, it's going to be so, somewhere around 3 million rands worth of in, investment assets. And, and I'm emphasizing investment assets. In other words, not the money that's tied up in your house because that's not going to pay you any income. It's going to cost you money every month when, you, when you're yeah. no longer working. Uh, and, and so, you know, if, you, if you're spending 20,000 rand a month, then understand that your, your investment capital needs to be 6 million. And, and so we go. So, so I think that that's a starting point. For someone who's over 65, uh, the, the, the truth is you need a little bit more, a little bit less investment capital because, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, you've got less time to live than, than, than someone much younger. And so, so the, 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 the only real benefit of that is that, you, you, you know, your, your retirement number is going to be smaller. And I, I think it's around about 20 times your, your annual expenses. So, the, so the, that 10,000. The, mm, the problem with retirement, though, and telling yourself that you need 20 times or 25 times and only just scraping by is that I can't imagine that retirement is much fun. Uh, it's a it's a permanent stress as to whether or not this money is going to last, particularly in volatile markets, particularly in high inflation markets, as we're experiencing at the moment. For those of us who uh, may have believed that inflation was dead in 2015, 2016, it's come back to life like Lazarus. Um, and you, you, there are so many variables. So you've got to be... I, I don't know if these numbers are aggressive enough, Warren, in terms of, yeah, you may survive 20 or 25 years after retirement, you know, if, you, if you're nice and healthy and you don't have too many medical costs. But really, just being able to cover your costs, you surely have got to have try and build some fat into the system here. Well, well, I'm, I'm, I think it's, it's, it's. We just need a parameter to start. So, so I mean, I would, I would certainly say, you know, that if you've got a number, so if you know, you know, you're slightly older and it's two point four million per ten thousand rand. I'm not saying 
aim for 2.4 million right uh, you know as, as your only number but but just to maybe take you through some of the simple math so so just very very basically uh, you know if someone um, invests all their money and and the way they do it is they 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 choose the most generic most balanced balanced unit trust in south africa you know the middle of the road balanced unit trust yeah, the likelihood is for the next two or three decades it's going to give you around about 11 percent a year why do I say that? Because for the last two or three decades, that's what they've done. You know, despite all the Zuma years, despite all the markets uh, going crazy on us and the RAND falling apart and recovering, like Lazarus and the JSE falling apart and recovering and falling apart again, the, the average balance fund will give you somewhere around 11% a year. If inflation is going to give us somewhere around 6%, or not give us, but take away the buying power of our money by about 6% a year, then that means there's somewhere around 5% of, of uh, money that you can use to fund your life uh, for, for, for the remainder of your life. And and I think uh, that 5% is is the conservative number in other words that that's the, that, that's the number that you use if you're if you are older than 65 and and able to to kind of you know stop work and, and then draw the draw, draw that 5% a year if you're younger i'm saying don't draw 5% only draw 4% because you're leaving behind that 1% extra to give you some compound growth against all the things we're never going to be able to foresee all the things we can't predict and and I think it's not a bad assumption to make. I think it's you know if you think about the last two decades, not not much fun and and certainly not much fun in markets. Uh, you, you know to to be uh, you know either pre-retirement or post-retirement investor. But all said and done, that's what th those kinds of funds have done. And I think uh, you know one thing about uh, about markets is they do move in very big, very long cycles. And I don't think it's unrealistic uh, to, to do that. But to your point, Bruce, don't when you're doing this exercise say, well, my actual lifestyle really costs me. You know, twenty-four thousand rand a month, but I'm just going to budget that. Uh, you know, at retirement, I'm actually going to only just live on twenty thousand. If you're budgeting for for below your your kind of normal life as it is today, or you know, uh, you know, undershooting all of that, you give yourself no scope, no budget for for the unforeseen. You know, just now the world really does turn on its head once once again, and actually, you know, markets don't deliver what they've done in the last two or three decades. They deliver much less. You you need to give yourself a, a bit of room. For for, yeah. for some flexibility against the unforeseen. And secondly, you really shouldn't be working incredibly hard now to just live the most basic, you know, kind of most simple life without any kind of joy and and and, and room for, for experiences and the like. So so I, I, I hear you, but I think the, the, the concern for me is a lot of people look at this and they're gonna they're gonna sit down now while while they're listening to us and they're gonna go, you know, I've got five hundred thousand Rand. And that guy on the radio says, I need 3 million. Uh, that's just such a big gap. I'm just going to give up. And, and, and that's not, that's a really bad outcome in a situation like this. I think it's, it's important to say, you know, you, you need to know that it, there, it's about narrowing that gap every single year. Do this exercise for yourself, you know, at the same month every year. If it's now March, then do it in March. 
next year again. And as long as the gap between what you have and what you need is narrowing, then you know you're on the right path. And and that's not hopeless. You know? And I think that's the thing that really bothers me with this. A lot of the time they get a big scary number from some big financial model you know, as, a, as an investor and, they, and it, they just kind of give up and, and, and they kind of go back to, to spending, not saving, not planning and and just going well. I'm you know I'm I'm in deep stuches already. I'm not I'm not going to deal with this. I'm, I, it's too late and I'm I'm done. And and that's really not the outcome. It's it's uh, yeah. We got to consider the fact that you may live longer than you budgeted for, um, which is you know a nice outcome. But it's it's a risk in terms of your money. Um, lifestyle costs also are massively variable. Um, your cost of living is going to go up in some respects. Medical costs will go up. You may need care at some point in the future. Um, there, there are a couple of real impacts when the world doesn't go your way with inflation, with volatility, interest rates rising and, and, and declining. There are so many uncertainties that you've got to try and, I suppose, manage the few certainties that you can. Uh, and that is increasing as much as you can each year, the amount of money that you are putting away. You don't want to destroy your life in the years up to retirement, but you also want to make sure that you're not frivolous in your life up to retirement. Absolutely. And, and I think just, uh, you know, just understanding that the, 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 everything about uh, about money, and indeed, I'd, I would I'd, I'd, I'd give you the position all about life is a little bit of balance goes, uh, you know, a very long way. Uh, you, you know, don't don't be so extreme now that you, you give yourself this this fright that you know I'm, I'm now I'm going to save everything and spend nothing because that's not sustainable. That's like going on a crash diet. You know, crash diets don't last because we are human beings and we need joy in our lives. You know, Warren Buffett always says if you made him drink water only and only eat broccoli, he would have died a long time ago. He <laughs> is going to have Coca Cola every now and then and his Big Mac every now and then, uh, and he balances it off with some dodgy uh, broccoli and water. But but the point is. That's how he gets to the to to live, you know, into the nineties as he does, and, and I think it's about balance. So it's about saying, if you are spending a bit a bit too much in life, then then reduce that and save a bit more. Also, understanding to your original point, you know, re- retirement is in no way an end point. You know, you, you stop work because the, the some corporate tells you to do that at age sixty or sixty two. Understand that the skill set you have, the experience that you've built up. Is enormously valuable, and and you know th- that that is not an endpoint. It's it's simply a change now. It's a change of phase, change of season, and there are lots of businesses, especially smaller businesses, that would desperately value those skills. They might not be able to pay your corporate salary, but but truthfully, there'll there'll be a much bigger return on life because you get more flexibility. You know, probably more meaningful work than sitting in thousands of useless meetings. You know, by some line manager who knows no idea about what they're doing. That's the corporate way, um, and, and so just under. Understanding that, you know, I think, you know, if you're in that sort of, you know, let's say early to mid 50s and you think, you know, you, you kind of buy Bruce's argument that, you know, a lot of companies just throw you away at 60 or 62. Uh, my, my challenge to, to you is it's actually about you. It's about, you know, do you just give up and then you do become not valuable or do you change skill sets, keep learning, you know, spend some time on chat GPT, understanding what it is and what's going on out in there in, in the world and, and, and just tweak the skill set you have to be valuable, to be relevant. And, and all of a sudden, you know, part-time work becomes something that's interesting, exciting, and, and maybe much more lucrative than you would ever have imagined. But I think a lot of people, tell themselves the story and and sell themselves short that they're not valuable that they can't do anything and and I think it's really sad because that skill set is 
often massively in demand. So, so the side hustle becomes the main hustle, you know, and I think, you know, just pegging yourself to a corporate career is just selling yourself short and, and yeah. frankly, really short-sighted by corporates, I agree, but actually maybe they set people free from drudgery and actually allow them to, to live a much better, much more meaningful working life. I'm uh, just the number of people who are um, pushed out um, at quite an early stage. You've really got to understand your company's retirement policy. You've got to understand what its restrictions and limitations are. And you've got to, toward the end of your working career, be almost segueing to your new life, whether that be even if you're earning half of what you were, say, earning in corporate or a third of what you were earning in corporate, but you're only working three or four days a week or three, four, half days a week, you're earning considerably less, but you're working for a smaller business. And you're taking those skills into that environment almost as a consultant, perhaps. So you don't have the day-to-day stress of um, delivering on projects. You're advising. You could retire at, say, 65, have another seven or eight years of work ahead of you where you're not necessarily saving anymore, but you're not digging into your capital. You're not digging into that savings pool, and you're allowing that savings pool another almost decade to grow so that when you do need it, you're able to then go, okay, now it's time to not do any work, um, to take some regular walks, get a, get a dog and uh, um, walk on the beach or whatever it is you're fortunate enough to do at that stage. And, and you know, I'm just, uh, I'm, 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 I'm giving you a curveball. I know it's live and I know you're going to hate me, but I mean, I think there are okay. quite a few CEOs of, of companies on the JSE uh, who may have been founders of the, of the companies that they're running now or, or not, but there are quite a few that, uh, that are over 70 that are, you know, running thriving businesses uh, and, and doing incredibly well in, in, in what, what can only be incredibly trying conditions. And it would be amazing to talk to one or two of them, not about their companies, but how they do this, you know, and how they, how, how this is not the end for them, you know, and they, they don't see, you know, 70 or 75 as, as anything that's, than just another that day, is another day. Not- not a curveball at all. Um, and I, off the top of my head, can't think of them uh, because maybe they're a little more media shy and they don't put themselves out in the public domain perhaps as much as younger um, CEOs well, do. But if you've got some names, let's, let's get names. Producers, you set them up and we'll put them onto other people's money. Lovely. I think it's a great idea. Definitely have the names. Okay, good. Let's share. You share the names. We'll make the approaches uh, and let's get some older professionals onto the radio and say, right, how do you do this? Why do you do this? You, I mean, and for so many of these people, they do it because they're obsessed about what they do. And not enough people are obsessed about what they do, Warren, which is, I think, why retirement is such a big deal. Why people are actually looking forward to the day that they no longer have to get up and go to work. I couldn't imagine anything more dreadful than having that sort of outlook on life where you just want to stop because it's been such a hell <laughs> and and unfortunately there are people who are you know in that position they just don't like what they do they don't like the people they work with they don't like the company they work for they cannot wait to be asked to leave uh, and some of the most successfully uh, so the people who, who i've met over over my lifetime who are successfully retired and i don't mean in terms of money but but live just a really fulfilled life. They, they they never stop work. They actually just don't stop. They can't conceptualize a day where where they're not going to get up and 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 do some work. Whether it's not going to an office anymore, uh, you know. And and they become sort of serial entrepreneurs. You know, they sell a business. They they get told to retire. Uh, you know, they they sit around for a week and then they they get going again on a new thing and, and off they go. And and inevitably it's successful because they're dealing with passion. Uh, they have purpose. Uh, and and I'm not talking about making millions and millions. I'm talking 
talking about doing something every day that that's really meaningful to them. And it's amazing how they bounce their, you know, kind of with a, a bounce in their step and they walk to work with with a smile on their face and it's not drudgery and it's they couldn't think of anything more they would rather do. Uh, and and for me, that's about, uh, you know, that's about fulfillment and purpose. And, you know, and someone sitting at 45 years old in a job they hate, I mean, if that's their future for the next 20 years, they're not going to have a successful retirement because they'll be worn out by 20 years of of kind of hatred of the work that they're doing every day that you've got to find purpose and meaning in what you do or make a change you know it's 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 really important and then i just there, there are studies i think which show spending patterns and older people you kind of wonder why older people aren't taking full advantages of this time of their lives you look at wealthy people even in retirement whose priorities just change they no longer want to go jawling in the same way as they did when they were youthful in 60. Um, they're quite happy to watch the sunset from you know, the patio at home or whatever the case might be. They don't need to go take a drive to a restaurant and go and watch it or you know go out three times a week or play golf six times a week or whatever the case is. Lots of people like that, but not everybody does. And I think a lot of this, the, a lot of those tables, and you also need to consider this, is that your desire to spend, your propensity to spend probably does decline over time. Uh, so, so it's interesting, you know, watching the studies and then my own anecdotal experiences that, that uh, you know, as people get close to retirement, if they've if they've done well in terms of their, their savings goals, they, they start to take their foot off the savings very close to retirement, and 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 you know, they, they realize they can maybe go on that extra holiday or you know, one or two, and then in that the, the first couple of years of retirement initially it's extremely stressful because that that you know that first month when there is no salary coming in um, you know and and the mechanics of actually where do i draw that cash from what you know physically where, where does it actually arrive in my bank account and what can i spend you know that that, that first two year period can can be very stressful but after that what once they they make peace with how everything is working and and actually realize that it is working that they, they do relax they go on some some longer holidays they spend you know time traveling with the grandchildren or whatever it is that they choose to do uh, and 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 they do live their 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 kind of kind of financial best life at a time but there is an age and you know where for some people it's you know late 70s and others it's 80s where they go I'm kind of happy being at home you know I've set up my house uh, the way the way I like it I enjoy the food I eat I'm you know I don't like staying in hotel beds that that are uncomfortable to me and noisy and whatever the deal is I don't like airplanes and airports and all of that stuff I'm happy. I've seen what I need to see. I want to spend time with the friends and family and and their lives become simpler and, and therefore less expensive. And and so they end up spending a lot less on on the other stuff. Although at the same time, some of that uh, that saving gets offset by medical and, and that's okay. But you're right. I think if you know looking at those studies, you know, we tend to spend a lot less as we we get older. And certainly it, it, the, those costs those cost of livings drop a heck of a lot, uh, you know, when you get into your late eighties, early nineties. And and you know, the, the needs and wants are are much simpler then, even if people have a lot of money. Um, so so that is that is kind of a saving grace, but you know, my my 20 or 25 times calculation assumes that you keep spending right until the day you die and at age 101. So, so you know, I'd rather budget for, for living far longer than, than the other way around. And just have a will. If there's anything left and you've got a favorite cat's home and you're fighting with your kids or they've ignored you for the last 10 years, give it to the cats. You can always give it to the cats. <laughs>
Warren Ingram, thank you as always. Warren Ingram, of course, is a personal financial advisor. He's a chartered financial analyst and he is a director at Galileo Capital. Get the cheapest dollars, euros or pounds from Shift, S-H-Y-F-T, because with the cheapest Forex rate, you can buy more of what you want while traveling or you can buy shares in global companies or even invest in a foreign currency all through the Shift app. So get the cheapest Forex rate around no matter where you bank by downloading the Shift app today. Shift operates under the FSP number of Standard Bank T's and C's. Apply.